that's two days in a row that we've had a impromptu intro unexpected yeah. willie do just hit it on me i was sitting here waiting he's like i'll be live soon and well it's a great know, tune i don't know why the godfather's in my head that's pretty strange maybe it was something to do with the soprano super bowl commercial but or maybe i just needed something to whistle or maybe it's like will says and it's just a fantastic tune as they say these days uh one one of my kids plays it on a guitar like a simplified okay. version of it and um anytime i hear that in the distance it's like an instant it's like it's like a vehicle that takes me back to the vineyard in the godfather they're learning how to play uh that song uh can already can basically can play uh -huh. oh yeah 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 you didn't know that no. Oh yeah, man. These guys, <laughs> come on, do you stay? That's really impressive. When you're young, when you are young, you have capabilities. I know this old husk. Uh, let me tell nothing. you something, man. You get rigid and stale, and you got to yeah. keep it fresh. That's why you got to keep it fresh. Yeah. And it's not just about like mental stimulation and variety and, and um um you know, uh, reading and, and things and, and listening and all this. It's not even just intellectual. It's also physical. It's like you got to, the, the body is connected to the mind. And when you put the body in a position to behave in a young fashion, other biological forces start to respond. In other words, I'm saying, Will, <laughs> Aging is a multifaceted. The signals, if you just sit on the couch, if you just, uh, if you can't, if you don't move, I want every, I want people who listen to this show to move around every so often, take it on the road every so often, put it in the ears every so often, get on the bike every so often, things like this. You'd be surprised, man. It's a, it's a, it's a real, you know me, I play hockey. That's how I do it. I, it's like a sense of after, Tremendous physical exertion. There is a sense of calm that overtakes you post, in post. And for me, I happen to find an activity that even leading up to it is exciting. And then actually doing it is not monotonous. So the whole package deal is this, uh, has this effect and impact. And then, and then it actually puts you in a place to be better kind of uh, prepared for the things that life throws at you. I just want to ask why your kids uh, chose that song to play. You're going back there. <laughs> yeah, you're going I back. I didn't expect this. To the Godfather. Oh, I think I probably suggested it. Yeah, okay. Well, the thing is, it's such an iconic series of notes. All right. That uh, sort of spans generations. So... He could pop out the guitar at any moment, play that, and somebody go, oh, that tune right there. Mm -hmm. Like guaranteed window of time for viability for that tune mm -hmm. versus some temporary pop cultural thing. Yeah, I hear you. That it, may, it may run out of steam sooner than that. I'm looking for longevity there. Okay. Uh, speaking of longevity, longevity not looking so good for Facebook at the moment. Oh, boy. Of course, we're talking about Meta, but we still call it Facebook because that's more recognizable for the moment than Meta, although there's a Meta follow-up story because Zuckerberg is really into Meta. He's mega Meta. Mm -hmm. 
That's actually Kim.com's new. Oh, is it? Metaverse. Yeah, Mega Meta. Oh, okay. It's, that makes sense. No, it's not. But <laughs> if, if it you did exist, it. he could have combined his yeah. two projects there. Haven't heard from him in a bit. I thought he's probably still doing his thing, whatever it is. Um, Google plans to join Apple, plans to change the way in which third party apps are capable of making moves throughout the operating system. Alphabet Unit says that this move could take effect in two years in a new challenge for Facebook's meta and the digital marketing industry. Google plans to adopt the new privacy restrictions to curtail tracking across apps on Android smartphones following Apple in putting restraints on an advertising industry that has covertly collected data across billions of mobile devices. Well, listen. Listen to me, Will. It's all happened collectively. And what you're seeing here is a shift in leverage. Originally, you needed the apps to drive people towards the devices. You had this kind of, well, an ecosystem, let's call it. You had a relationship here. When the iPhone first came out, we knew it was magic, smartphones. We knew it was magic. But when the apps started to hit and create this variety of scenarios in which th this thing could be useful, well, that's that was the, what I say, that was the jet fuel right there. Uh, that, was, that was the adoption. That was when people had to have it. What, whatever it was that you were into could have been games. Uh, it could have been utility could have been a communication app, a messaging app, etc. Kind of like uh, it's what they called Web 2.0. You might call it Web 2.0. Interacting with the internet. Access, um, access and portability of access. Access in your pocket at all times to this variety of things, and it mm -hmm. had like it, it, it had implications for almost all industries. So. It was like in the early days, and again, I'm just painting a picture here, but in the early days, you needed people to get hooked on apps or hooked on sites that they needed to be connected to all the time in their pocket in order to sell all these devices to make the pitch. Now, you could argue maybe people were always going to figure that out. It didn't matter who it was going to be, but you could also make the argument that Facebook was a sort of fundamental component in the proliferation of these devices in the first place. And certainly if you don't want to say Facebook, you could say other Facebook or meta properties like WhatsApp. They play a huge role in, for a lot of people, adding value to these devices. So you go a number of years in which Facebook's entire business model and the reason that these products exist on those platforms is because they're able to create a business model around it. It's, be, mm -hmm. it's because they're able to generate uh, income, great, enormous amounts of income. Oh, yeah. From uh, this sophisticated method in which they could figure out which advertising to show you based on gathering all kinds of data about you. Fast forward a number of years, and the whole thing is a lot more fleshed out, and the leverage has, I won't say it's shifted, but the leverage has become a lot more obvious and the weight on either side of this um, this balance, uh, each side of this scale has shifted to the point now where the platform itself can start to kind of, I don't wanna say claw back, 
but also at the same time where the customer has become more sophisticated about what it is that they want. The customer can, has become more sophisticated about uh, privacy, period, and whether or not they like this whole exchange. And so that's shifted some things. And Apple has been at the forefront of that as far as communicating this privacy message, spending a tremendous amount of time on television and elsewhere and YouTube ads and so forth, and even their own presentations, talking about how privacy is at the forefront of their, I mean, look at the Apple logo with the lock on the top. They, they actually made a whole logo, and you know how hard that is, Will. We've mm -hmm. been trying to do that for this show right here. Yeah. With the contests and such. Yeah. So that's not nothing right there in its own. And so Google probably recognized as well uh, that this is something that matters to customers. And in the meantime, Google has also gone out of its way to start making its own hardware, diversifying its own business models. Mm -hmm. Prior to Meta realizing, oh, crap, we better do something other than advertising as well because we don't control the hardware. Maybe we should go acquire a hardware company like Oculus. Bring that in because maybe if we own the headsets, then we own what people see and then the advertising model doesn't need to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's these moves that are being made in order to, once again, uh, shift leverage potentially. But Apple's still, Apple is holding a really significant position and Google's holding a really significant position. Now, Google, for the record, is not necessarily saying, hey, we're going to stop collecting data. No, 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 we're Google. We're Google and we see Lou and he's on YouTube and this is, uh, you're watching Lou later right now and uh, there's a revenue share going on and the ad that we're serving you has to do with how well we know you. Mm -hmm. You want more of that, don't you? Well, hey, we're Google. We definitely want more of that. But here's where it gets squirrely and these recent reports from TikTok about TikTok sort of highlight this thing where customers get especially nervous when the app they're in is sharing data with all these other third-party apps that you're unaware of. Mm -hmm. It's not even in-house. It's like, where is this information being sent and which other applications can, can reach into it? And when it, this profile starts to get built across platforms, then people start to feel more of an intrusion into their private life. So that's specifically what Google is, has suggested that they'll be targeting into the future. Uh, is this idea of uh, granting access to third-party applications. Google said Wednesday it plans to develop more privacy-focused replacements for the alphanumeric identifiers associated with individual smartphones that some apps use to gather and share information about users. Uh, Alphabet Inc. Unit said it plans to keep supporting current smartphone identifiers for at least the next two years and to give the industry substantial notice before any changes. So the industry has been warned, you know. Google has... They put out the bat, the bat signal, the bat sign in the air. They said Batman's coming. His name, For justice. His name is Sundar. Mm -hmm. And he's coming. And so you best get your ducks in a row. You best get your business in order. You best get to diversifying. Of course, Facebook has constantly made the case that, hey, this doesn't just, this isn't just about the end user. There's an, a person in between. There's a company in between. They, they will say there's a small business in between mm. that uses this information in order to better spend its limited advertising budget. I know people don't have the same amount of sympathy for small business, but the truth is there's a lot of companies that you might know and love that have been built off the backs of data collection mm. and better, more sophisticated advertising because they can't afford a Super Bowl commercial. 
Yes. So let's just put that piece in there. Anyway, maybe this is more fuel to the fire as far as uh, uh, your interpretation of Facebook. But Zuckerberg wants his employees to be uh, referred to as metamates, putting their ship and crew before themselves. Mm. They're going all aboard the meta ship. (laughs) Choo-choo? The meta train. Oh, the meta train. Whichever you want. I said meta ship because it says ship there. Uh, And... uh, I mean, I don't know what it's like to work inside of one of these big corporate environments, but I would assume it's difficult to have those vast number of people on the same page. And whenever I visit these places, because I have visited places, you get this immediate sense of, oh, this is something different from what I'm used to. Mm. There is a, uh, a different energy here, a type of energy that, I presume is somewhat necessary in order to organize the sheer number of individuals. And this may, maybe is something you could say for corporate environments or any environment in which on a daily basis, it's, it's meant to facilitate the interactions of thousands of people. That there's something that just happens at scale. I mean, even when you went to high school, it's, uh, there, there's something unnatural about that experience that you're cast into this thing whatever you probably went in grade nine and then you walk in this building and all of a sudden instead of being one of a couple hundred you're one of a couple thousand Mm. and so things change for you your significance your role your relationships and so forth or take this company for example i mean we talk to the entire all of us talk to the entire company every single day Mm. at facebook or Google, or Apple, or whatever, you start to sniff out this corporate culture, and it's one of the only ways to to have cohesion amongst these enormous numbers of people. But it can also go completely overboard. It can also be terrifying and cult-like, especially when you start naming me something like a metamate, in which case I am running for the door, in which case I am out the door already. Mm. Call... Call me a metamate. I get a certain feeling. That's when you draw the line. Yeah, I get a certain feeling. Yeah, that uh, there's some persuasion taking place, or that I'm uh, meant to uh, uh, shed my own identity along the way to a certain extent, mm-hmm. or my own ability to 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 think straight. I'm like, why why do you have to call me anything? Mm-hmm. But of course. When you change your entire company name and your entire approach and the variety of products, then uh, you're looking to have everybody on board, on board. And so you start to come up with some crazy ideas. The CEO of Meta, formerly known as Facebook, sent a post on his Facebook page. He had told employees in a virtual all-hands meeting that he wanted the workforce to adopt the new motto, Meta, MetaMates, Me. Meta Metamates Me is about being good stewards of our company and mission. It's about the sense of responsibility we have for our collective success to each other as teammates. It's about taking care of our company and each other. It refers to the naval ship, shipmates, self, which Meta's chief technology officer said was something Instagram had been using for a while internally. It's long been discussed in the business organizational circles as a way to increase efficiency you tell me individuals of the world 
those that are watching this. Whether you're watching this live or after the fact, you tell me if you feel comfortable, if you would embrace the title of Metamate granted upon you uh, via Mr. Zuckerberg himself. Is this a thing that you would uh, wear proudly or is this a thing that you would uh, run for the door much like myself? I'm curious. Mm -hmm. I want to know what you think. Has Google search gotten less accurate in anyone else's opinion in the sense that it'll Google something and often have to go to the second page to find the result to get past what look like ads. Even Wikipedia is often on the second page. I, okay, it's not in your head, sir. Uh, this is a user, by the way, on uh, Reddit. Ooh, this post is from two years ago. What? <laughs> Posted by you, deleted two years ago. Very strange. Anyway, oh. Reddit's been screwing me up lately. Is it, does that mean it's a repost? I, I'm supposed to know what this means well. Okay. It doesn't matter because the concept is what we are evaluating here. And this same thing could be true a week from now, a month from now, and certainly two years from now. Yes, absolutely this is the case. I hate how poorly ranked Wikipedia is because I am a Wikipedia fanatic. I realize that Wikipedia is, uh, has varying value depending on subject and depending on each individual page that lives there, but I like the concept of it. I was an encyclopedia junkie, was one of my first obsessions on my first computer. I'm mm. talking about Encarta. Did you have a copy? The CD? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. CD-ROM copy. And I would just, again, this was before I had an inventory of games or anything. I would load up the Encarta CD-ROM and I would be browsing. So yes, it appears to me that Wikipedia, it continues to, to rank lower and lower. And I also agree that there is more real estate occupied by ads than there was previously. And I think we are seeing a maturation process of their business when it comes to Google search. And it's not all that different from when we talk about Netflix, where when most of the innovation has taken place, I mean, you could argue the same thing in smartphones, when a lot of the innovation has take, taken place, Yet shareholders are still hoping for similar uh, growth from a revenue perspective. You have to take products you already have and increase revenue per customer. This is why prices go up when you can't, uh, when, when, when the ability to gain new customers has been diminished by the fact that you have some degree of saturation. So what would, you, what would Google search's version of that be? Uh, at, Create more real estate for more ads per search. Well, now you're billing more per search. And you could, by adding one extra ad, let's say, imagine the increase in revenue across all the search traffic across the entire globe. Now, again, this is completely anecdotal. This is a thing that uh, this individual is claiming to have witnessed. It's a thing that I sort of feel as well. And it's also something that seems like a, 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 an expected step for a business like that. And it goes beyond Google because uh, YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. when, when you think about pre-roll ads and you think about unskippable ads and you think about the amount of time you sit there, it's a conditioning effect to it where you create the new normal, right? You, you do, think, do something slowly enough, insert it inside of a habitual behavior, and then hopefully if you're sneaky enough, no one, people are not going to notice, or if they do, it will be a kind of vague noticing. Mm -hmm. 
It won't be an overwhelming, oh my God, what is going on? It will be for some people, but they're going to be doing the math. They're going to be figuring out where is that revenue threshold where we lose somebody versus we double up on someone else. Mm -hmm. And uh, just based on our reference, since we're looking at new sites all the time, uh, we get hit with, first of all, the paywall. And second of all, the newsletter. And then third of all, it's like pop-ups everywhere. So let me ask you something in that front then. If we have this terrifying future in which the ads continue to grow in volume, is there a point and maybe are we at that point where the paywall, as annoying as it is, is not as annoying as the ad-littered future that makes it almost impossible to see the content you're even reaching for? Like mm -hmm. this balance is very important. Now I'm not suggesting, uh, listen, I, I pay for a ton of sites, probably a dozen news sites because we use them on the show and I read them on a frequent basis and I don't mind. But for the average person, wouldn't the average person just prefer to have something ad subsidized, but to have it be done in an elegant enough way that makes the entire thing somewhat digestible? Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be my preference. And Google has a big role in that, plays a big role in that as a, as a leader in the space, one of the originators on the sort of ad-subsidized, ad-driven internet. So if things get out of hand, then people start to reject ads entirely. That's a problem for them, and it's a problem for their customers, their clients. So Google has as much interest as anyone to figure out where that fatigue point is and when to leave you alone. Mm -hmm. Apple Podcasts in iOS 15.4 gains new features including season episode filters. There's been a lot of uh, stories coming out about changes inside of uh, iOS 15.4. Podcast is an interesting one. I don't use the Apple Podcast app, but it got me thinking about podcast apps in general and how they suck. I mean, they don't, all, they don't suck completely. I'm glad they exist and I'm glad that there's options, but there's filters that I was reading about in this update where it seemed so helpful. So let's say, for example, you have a number of, podcast that you subscribe to mm -hmm. uh, one of the crappy things is you click over to that podcast and maybe you have like a little dot acting as an indicator for if you've listened to something before or maybe you're sorting by uh date posted or maybe you're sorting by popularity or i think spotify likes to put like a hot a hot most episode, shared a most shared episode which is the last thing that i'm looking for but i guess people must be looking for it because I'm sure Spotify has done some research themselves. But anyway, now we have more filters for sorting. So I can just look at episodes from a particular season, or I can just look at episodes that I haven't heard yet, or I can just look at episodes that I haven't heard yet from a particular season. Now that's especially useful for uh, a, a serialized podcast that mm -hmm. actually has progression to it. Although I haven't listened to one of those in a while. I, I know they're still out there. It brings me back. I'm, I'm getting memories of the original serial podcast remember that oh yeah did you listen to that mm -hmm. that was such a an interesting experience it, it wasn't really a new concept it was a new concept in terms of podcasting yes they used to do things like this on radio once upon a time you'd follow along the story uh, it was just interesting to have it um, merge with modern technology the concept and then to see how interacting with that was different, especially mm -hmm. the socializing around it as people waited for the next episode. It was all very uh, fun to take part in. But anyway, I think that there is innovation that can happen inside of podcast applications. I don't think that they should be static or stuck. And I like to see Apple investing in making some of those changes. 
uh, because the podcast space has just been kind of, it's kind of weird. It's like trying to figure, even though we've got pod in the name and Apple has played such a huge role in the adoption of podcasts and the production of podcasts mm. by having a platform to put them on. Now it's all spread out and split up and it's all over the place. And you can listen to a podcast. You can listen to, you can, you can watch this show on YouTube live. You can watch this show on YouTube uh, after the fact as a video that's uploaded. You can, you can watch this show in clips with the video uh, component and piece. You can listen to this show on Spotify and a number of other streaming services uh, for free. You can listen to this show via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's so many ways to get the thing that you want. So hopefully what this breeds is alternative means, like uh, uh, new features in order for these different platforms to remain competitive so that you get the uh, best version mm -hmm. of uh, potentially interacting with this stuff. This happened uh, about 10 days ago. Okay. Uh, this is a SpaceX prototype. Mars rocket, it crashes in a test flight. Test flight is for the purpose of testing. So sure. it's not all that surprising that it crashes. I think it's just more an amazing video clip to watch. You see all these people uh, watching. Someone's wearing a hard hat there. These people may have worked oh. on this particular thing. And it never gets old. That's amazing to see. Watching these rockets attempt Whoa. to stabilize themselves. Yes. And sort of flip around. And then through the use, use of these uh, uh, thrusters that are, you know, distributed, figure out a way to balance itself. And this one gets close, this particular test run, but then, well, it, it's not a successful landing. And it's kind of magnificent to look at. I, I'm not I mean, magnificent in the sense that uh, you're, you're, you're really watching something that has tremendous implications for the future once they figure it out on a regular basis. But in the meantime, someone has to be willing to go through the pain. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about it because I've failed a lot in my life. And I think the failure is uh, critical, uh, critical prerequisite for eventual success. Gotta be willing to fail. And when you think of the number of people that would have worked on that, that exact unit that exploded, Yes. <laughs> Not the project in general, but that exact unit mm -hmm. and had their fingers crossed. And we're like, maybe we got it right now. Maybe we got it today. And for them to have to witness it explode and, and instead of saying, oh, say, I got to get back to work. All right, let's mm -hmm. go. But to, 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 to be back motivated. To yeah, to be motivated yeah. by failure. To say, damn, I didn't hit it. All right, let's go. You can see the guy in the blue shirt. I think he actually, he might rub his eyebrows or something. Play it, hold it. He's looking at it, looking at it. Maybe just adjust, maybe he's rubbing his eyes or adjusting sunglasses. Anyway, I don't even know if these people in the shot here had anything to do with it, but you can imagine if you did. I mean, the clip's really cool. It's a cool clip on its own. Yeah, I've always liked to look at the comments on these failed rocket um, landings because they always seem optimistic. It's like, nice try, you know, like, let's see it again kind of thing. Well, it's yeah, kind of... Back to the drawing board. It's, it's never of, making yeah. fun of it. Well, it's a, it's a sort this of... This massive kind of failure. It's sort of a scientific approach. It's sort of an engineering approach. The expectation mm -hmm. of failure. And, and failure in many ways, uncovering where to make changes and where to uh, um, put your attention. You know, it's sort of like being a detective. Mm -hmm. That if you follow a lead and the lead comes up, dry or cold, whatever the correct terminology is, it 
illuminates a separate path. Yes. That, that the next path is commensurate on discovering that the last path was a bad one. Plus, space in general is kind of like the mega representation of optimism. Yeah. It's you just exploration. I mean, you don't even need to you don't even need to be on a rocket. You just need to look up every so often. Mm-hmm. India wants Tesla to buy $500 million of local auto parts. U.S. car maker could start lower, ramp up at least 10% a year. Tesla and the Indian government at an impasse on car makers' entry. Wow, they really can't make it happen. Well, we've seen this, obviously, in other uh, industries, smartphones specifically, because we talk about that so much and follow that so much. Uh, India did what, whatever they could to encourage companies like Apple and like Samsung to move certain elements of their production to the country mm. and did so relatively successfully. And they did so by uh, taxing, creating tariffs around products that had no portion of the assembly uh, happen domestically. So that would obviously put off customers who, and the government would re- receive the funds and the company would say, oh, damn, I guess we got to figure something out. Mm-hmm. So uh, Samsung has uh, gone full force into setting up operations domestically in India. Apple has lagged behind a little bit, but they're catching up now. Uh, in fact, I think recently they they have uh, shifted some production to even the flagship, the current flagship device in uh, to be made in India for the Indian market. And then here you have a, a massive company like Tesla attempting to enter that market. Mm-hmm. And rather than letting them enter the market at the tariff or something like this, well, well, they probably have proposed such things. They're sitting there saying, here's a way around it before we even get started. Mm-hmm. Get in here and start hiring some people here and start setting up some operations here. Yeah, let's just make some parts and, you know, send it to other um, other countries, and then we can kind of make it cheaper. India earlier this month rejected Tesla's call for lower taxes to import electric cars, saying existing rules already allow partially built vehicles to be brought in and then assembled locally at a cheaper levy. Imported EVs attract taxes of as much as 100%, while there are import duties between 15% and 30% on parts shipped for assembly in the nation. So they're saying, look, you're gonna get your 70 points back. Mm-hmm. Listen, this is a, not a cut and dry thing. This is a, uh, it's a tactic. It's a, it's, a, it's a one way of doing things. You could also make the argument that this could stifle innovation. You don't let companies come do business in your country. They may have a superior product uh, that, that would have some sort of impact on the marketplace that would be positive. Uh, so it's not it's not cut and dry that one particular system is better than the other. And p- politically speaking, I'm sure you have people on each side of it. I'm sure you have pe- Tesla fans in India that are saying, hurry up already. Let me get this Tesla going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this has been the model for smartphones, and it appears to sort of have worked for them, at least based on uh, the movements from some of those major players. Mm-hmm. India is still a value-conscious auto market dominated by cheaper gasoline cars and clean transport remains a fledgling industry with EVs just 1% of cars sold annually. So you can see EV adoption could be stifled by these business dealings and uh, the lack of making it easy for entry into the market for uh, international automakers. Mm-hmm. Sony announces a contest for free PS5 consoles. This is a strange 
article in a strange contest. Uh, apparently, it's going to be they're going to be hidden around the web. Okay. Called treat codes, <laughs> which I mean, it sounds delicious. Actually, now that I think about it, mm -hmm. um, the context though is that as of this week, fourteen unique codes that resemble PlayStation controller inputs are now appearing online on social media channels and even at unexpected places around the world, like high-profile events that involve sports, gaming, film, and music. I, I gotta be looking everywhere for this thing, apparently. What do these codes do? Well, they don't automatically give you a PS5 console, but rather provide you with an opportunity to enter to win one. And as PlayStation points out, this means finding every code will give you 14 opportunities to enter the contest. Hmm. Once you find a code, you will need to input it on the treat codes page on the official PlayStation website after signing up and then complete and then compete to win by answering a skill testing question. That's a lot of steps for me to win a PS5. I know they're hard yeah. to come by. Yeah, still seems But like it could be like a cool, I don't know, if somebody's into a some kind of wild goose chase, but if these things are appearing in the real world, how can they be everywhere that these codes are? Or I guess maybe <laughs> How can that be? Maybe, maybe, maybe. But it does feel each, like a wild Maybe stage. each code shows up across platforms and you can get it in different ways. And then over the course of a period of time, all 14 will be unveiled in different places simultaneously. So many can put together the puzzle. Anyway, I guess check uh, PlayStation social media. You think it's like QR codes? No, they said that the, the codes are based on a PlayStation controller and the inputs. So I'm guessing like oh, the different okay. buttons. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. Uh, Link Buds, truly wireless earbuds from Sony, recently released. This has been uh, an interesting area of development from what I can tell. I've been playing around with earphones, earbuds, headphones for a really long time. And since the advent of noise cancellation, I was always one of these people that sort of rejected the idea of being closed off to the world at all times. I just found it to feel sort of like I was in a fishbowl and, and wanted a more kind of wide feeling while I listen to music. So you had a variety of different manufacturers implement features for hearing your surroundings while you're listening to the content you want to listen to. And of course, the method that's been most popular up until this point has been to, to have a microphone uh, feeding a little bit of ambient sound through to you, possibly blocking some of the more annoying sounds. Mm -hmm. But like, for example, letting speech pass through. Mm -hmm. Uh, or a honking horn if you happen to be out as a pedestrian or something like this. Well, Sony just took it to a whole different place by putting a giant hole right in the center of the earbud. Donut style. A yeah, do exactly. Much like a donut, letting you hear the actual uh, environment without any amplification of the signal via a microphone. So this is about being connected while still being connected. Mm -hmm. They do other fancy things like adjust the volume to the environment. So if it's there's more competing sound, but they're, it's just a really cool design as well. Yeah, you actually don't touch the earbuds when you control it. You actually touch the, uh, I guess the front of your ear. Yeah, you which is the it. coolest thing, I think. And yeah. uh, the sensor is uh, sensing vibrations. Amazing. Yes, very cool. I'm excited to try these out. I believe we have a box at the we back. We have one right here. Oh, we have a... Oh, my God. It's right <laughs> here. Will placed it right here prior to talking about this topic. So 
I'll be Perfect. I'll be checking yeah. these out. I'll do a video on Unbox Therapy. I want to test them out. Uh, they look to be water resistant, have all those other features as well. Curious about how they sound though, because we've seen uh, other companies with bone conduction tech where the headphone actually sits in front of your mm. uh, ear and they they work great in terms of letting you hear your surroundings, but they're not really commensurate with a headphone when it comes to audio quality. So this could be a cool kind of in-between and sure enough, I'll listen to them and we'll find out. They're not cheap though. They're 180 bucks. So yeah, keep that in mind as well. I'm just glad that uh, they don't have a crazy title or name these uh, headphones you like, oh my god yeah, sony's so bad at naming in my opinion yeah but what do you, you guys like the name link buds i like it better no yeah, i mean it's better. better than mx it's like it's, w it's linking yeah. it's linking you to the to the world and to your content yeah that's good oh, and nice it's and it's linked to your phone a lot of link going on there you work for sony or <laughs> that's right new york stock exchange sony hit me up new york stock exchange files trademark for offering trading services in the metaverse well there's a little metaverse follow-up zuckerberg's not mad um we talked i guess yesterday about jp morgan opening banks in decentraland mm -hmm. you know the financial people don't want to be left out new york stock exchange is one of the first bourses I've never seen that word in my life. Burses, B-O-U-R-S-E-S. -E uh, maybe Mo can give us a definition here. In the world, seeking to anticipate the rise of virtual worlds and the business opportunities associated with them. Well, that's the key piece, isn't it? The business opportunities, no one wants to be left behind. No mm -hmm. one wants to be left out of business opportunities. Like, are people spending money over there? Down the street over there. Yeah, that place, the metaverse. Are they spending money over there? <laughs> Down the street in the metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> Are they spending money over there? I, I should probably be there because yeah. I feel like the money's flowing, and the mm -hmm. NFTs and such. And I can't help it. I smell the profits. A company filed a trademark application on February 10th to offer trading services using augmented and virtual reality. We're all going to be on the New York Stock Exchange floor in the yes. metaverse yelling and, and it's shouting. it's all digital, and yeah. then we're like, buy, sell. Yeah, but we're still going to be nostalgic holding up uh, paper slips, even yes. though it's completely unnecessary. We're going to turn <laughs> stock trading into the video game because that's really what's happened to poor people like uh, Mo, who if they've been absorbed by the video game that is uh, gambling for the masses. We have a rotary phone, we call yeah. it, yeah. in the metaverse. If, of course, yeah, exactly. Let me call my broker. It's yeah. part of the game. You have four options, A, B, C, D. Mm -hmm. Call your broker, double down. Well, yeah. Uh, Neil Young's music quietly returns to Spotify. Okay, so this is something I was curious about because when I... When, when the news first broke that the stuff was coming off of Spotify, I went on, obviously, to check it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of music that was still on there, but it seemed to be part of soundtracks and right. other, other licensing agreements. It's, that's what I was assuming. But now people are saying that they're finding all, all types of Neil Young on there. Last month, Young removed his library from Spotify after the service refused to censor Joe Rogan. But just a few weeks later, Young's team quietly re-uploaded his music. For real, Spotify chose Rogan, but added that it hoped Young would return soon. Yeah, I remember the tweet. They said, oh, this is really unfortunate. Hopefully we can get things sorted out. Hey, Neil Young, hopefully your music comes back soon. But he was said in such a way like they knew mm -hmm. that it would happen at some point. So I wonder contractually how easy it is to pull your music off, get it back on, what these, uh, how these relationships operate, especially for music which is uh, where there's so many people involved, whether it's mm -hmm. labels and... Mm -hmm agents and agencies and platforms and 
and all the rest of it. So I guess I should just boot up Spotify real quick and see if my Spotify yeah. is showcasing the same thing here. I mean, I guess it's really complex. I wonder if like he has control over his Yeah, music how much stake well. does he actually have? Well, it seemed like a lot when it first went down, didn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it went down pretty uh, quickly after the post went up on his website. And even though he may not like it right now, um, he might not even have a choice in the matter. Neil Young, complete, rocking in a free world, but that's off of a compilation, Harvest Moon off the Eat, Pray, Love soundtrack. I mean, it's in here, but it's it's very strange uh, how it's all maneuvered around there. Neil Young, 100 Best Tracks. Let's see here, Down by the River. This is off of the, off his record. It must be owned by other music labels. Oh, careful there. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> don't worry. And like here I see Heart of Gold. It's interesting because so when I click play on it, it brings me to the Eat, Pray, Love soundtrack. But the inside of the playlist, the cover art is actually from uh, his from his record. Tap on the cover art. I tap on the cover art. What does it? Where no, does that it just take re you? Replaying the oh. thing. I'm inside of a playlist right now. Um, but anyway, it, it was always weird to me because it's a lot of his hit tracks were still available. Young's reps and Spotify did not respond to Fox Business's re request for comment. A spokesperson from Warner Brothers Records, however, told Fox it had no comment or statement. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. There's too many agreements and credits. Man. I mean, there's no way they can do it quietly. It, but it, really, it does really make you... It's like when, when if you really want something off the internet. Yeah, you like know? when Beyonce did that with her. The, the image, yeah, yeah. the Streisand effect. You really want made, something off the internet, yeah. and then people just post more of it. Yeah. and Or you come to recognize how hard it is to truly eliminate something from the internet. Mm -hmm. And you may go on social media and say, all my music is gone off Spotify, and it's like... No, not not exactly. Not really. Okay. Not exactly, because of this variety of comprehensive agreements that have been made over the last one hundred years. That seventeen different labels working for another hundred larger labels, yeah, all set up, tens of thousands of pages of legal agreements. Yeah, and you're like, I want my music down, and they're like, Well, if you look at Section Seven B from Article Twenty Four, mm -hmm. actually. And it's just like, oh God, I just want to take my, I just want, I'm trying to make a statement, man. Good luck. Disney launches Story Living by Disney to develop residential communities. You guys want to live the Disney life? You want the vacation <laughs> to never end? You just, you live in the Disney atmosphere. Mo, you're laughing, but I think, uh, I think you'd thrive in this type of you're environment. You're right. Maybe I would, but it seems exhausting <laughs> to be just that happy. It just seems like a, you dress as a prince every day. Yeah. Disney plans to introduce Story Living by Disney, vibrant new neighborhoods that are infused with our special brand of magic. Each community will feature distinctively designed spaces, unique amenities, and Disney's brand of world-renowned service. These master-planned communities are intended to inspire residents to foster new friendships, pursue their interests, and write the next exciting chapter in their lives, all while enjoying the attention to detail unique amenities, and special touches that are Disney hallmarks. Mo's getting interested now. See, you're thinking about it, and you're like, hmm, you go into a community. Who's looking after stuff? You know the park? It looks like trash right. over in the corner. Yeah. Somebody's kicking. Not in the Disney Somebody's community. kicking the bench, yeah. or whatever it might be. I mean, it's, there's, it's definitely not this magical. 
look at the public spaces you're interacting yeah. mo you're 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 uh you have amenities you know you're you're there's light shows and fireworks oh well this seems fun but is that is that what they're saying oh that's what they're saying mo. no i don't think that's that's, that's what, they're, what saying. they're saying no i mean it's it, listen it's not going to be to the extent of the actual theme park but it's like a toned down version of it that mm -hmm. keeps the magic going but it does here let me just let me just say this to you let me say let me something this. to you, Mo. Isn't it strange how sterile communities are? Mm, what do you mean? Like you go into a typical subdivision. Mm -hmm. It's so nondescript. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like cookie cutter. It, yeah. Well, it has no, there's nothing, there's no personality. There's mm -hmm. no agenda. It's not uh, like themed, creative or no, artistic yeah. in any way. Yeah. Like, for the record, I'm sure if every community was this Disney community, it'd be like, kill me now. Yeah. Right, it'd be terrifying. <laughs> it'd be like all these robots, robotic uh, type of but, cast members. Yes, and you don't want the cast members walking around. I mean, look at this. This guy's all done up, and this is where the community's gonna go. Look he's at, your he's in, butler. He's in the desert. Yeah. He's in the desert. Figured out this community. No, two buttons. Undone. It's somewhat terrifying, but I'm just saying, why can't your community be fun? Why can't it have some of these elements? Look, they're gonna do a man-made lake in the middle. Yeah. You can go down there. You can walk down there, Mo, with your well, a beach towel. How much is real estate going to be, though? Uh, do, do they say the starting starting price? That would I'm imagining that's going to be high. Uh, no, they're not. They're not saying. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to pay, dude, and yeah. you're going to keep paying like a condo fee. Right. You're going to pay, and you're going to keep like paying. a gated community. You're going to pay. You're going to keep paying. Definitely club memberships all around. Yeah, we're going to have club memberships. It's kind of like retirement. One of those retirement. Mm -hmm. set up that's what i think well, it'll be more retirement well it says right there uh, at each location including some that are only for residents 55 plus but so they'll do both mm -hmm. obviously uh, you can see the picture there there's a kid like picking apples imagine there's a little apple orchard right down there maybe they're tomatoes it doesn't matter <laughs> you're in the disney community you have it all mm. uh, by the way that development i think is going in california but let's just be sure here i think it's actually near coachella so you've been here before Go 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 up, scroll really up. Do. It says the location much earlier in the thing. Mm, a little bit higher. Right there. Rancho Mirage, oh, yeah. California's Coachella Valley. Okay. Location where Walt Disney himself owned a home mm -hmm. and would spend leisure time with his family. Additional locations in the U.S. are under exploration for future development. What do you think, guys? A hundred years from now, we're all living in uh, Disney's planned story living. Living the story of your own life inside. I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe it's better than the metaverse. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's an audience. For okay, that. here's yeah. your choice right now before we go to the next story. You either get Zuckerberg's metaverse, rest of your life locked and loaded, or you get <laughs> Disney. Oh. Not yet Disney, dude. Okay. Locked and loaded? Oh, I can't leave? Oh, I'm baby. Disney. All right. Oh, baby. Warren Buffett just invested $1 billion in crypto. C -c -c crypto. That's a double, double dog dairy, a double daily Warren Buffett. It's two days in a row. Uh, we talked about... I. Think it was a Billy and Activision, yes. yeah. Right before, right before the deal, he's just throwing Billies all around. Well, you throw you, you're Warren Buffett. You throw a Billy. Mm -hmm. You just make sure you throw it in the investments because you still you keep the habit of you just get the egg McMuffin every morning. So you got all right. these, so you got all these <laughs> Billies to begin with because you know it's just I'm trying to remember from that documentary if it was a good day the market was up, it's an egg McMuffin. If the market's down, is he no? I don't know this. If the market is up, it's an egg McMuffin. If the market is down, it's just a uh, some, something worse, a muffin or something. Mm. Just a plain muffin. Yeah, like yeah. it's like you see, he has two different 
I'm screwing it up right now. But it's you, breakfast. You check out the thing. It's it's there's a little tiny bonus if right. the market's up versus down on his way to work on a drive through over there in Omaha. Uh, all right, Berkshire Hathaway made its crypto investment public with an SEC filing earlier this week. It revealed that Buffett's company had purchased one billion in shares of New Bank, a digital bank based in Brazil and the largest of its kind in Latin America. New Bank is a so-called neo bank. Neo means new, a type of bank that operates outside of the rules of the traditional banking system. Unlike most banks, New Bank welcomes cryptocurrency and even offers products such as Bitcoin exchange. Uh, traded funds ETF. So hmm. this is not exactly the type of crypto investment people might think. It's not like he didn't hop on Coinbase no. and just give me a billy of those, yeah. give me a billy of those Bitcoins, mm. a billy of those biddies. That's not what it was. Yeah. It's a roundabout way to sort of invest in crypto without going directly into crypto. There's a little bit of a barrier there. But they do think that's like the this. ETF these are, portion. These are no. I'm saying by investing in a bank that embraces crypto. Oh, I see. You yeah. say, oh, in the future, let them take care of that portion, mm -hmm. and we'll just bet on their success because of what they're doing and it's right. their area of expertise. Berkshire's chairman and CEO has not refrained in the past from calling cryptocurrency rat poison Whoa. and an unproductive <laughs> asset that has no unique value at all. Yeah. So he's been a little anti-crypto, uh, but he's been obviously very successful when it comes to investments. So people take what he says and look at his actions uh, very in a very granular way. They go investigate those things. And so this is going to be big news regardless, even if it's not directly crypto. It is a bank that loves the crypto. How about this? 100% immersion, maximum realism. This is Mo inside of that Zuckerberg future. Instead, I gave okay. him the option. I gave him the Disney option. I he, went with the Disney yeah, option. Yeah, but reluctantly. Okay. So Zuckerberg's future, <laughs> here you go. It's 56 seconds of maximum immersion. Realistic whiplash. So you're driving the racing game. Bam! Oh, you crash in the game in the right chair? Right <laughs> into the steering wheel. There it is. Okay. Now, what if it's a horseback? What if you're on a horse in the game? Well, we need that to be realistic as well. <laughs> So what are we going to do? We're going to put actuators on the desk and on the chair oh. so you can get the real experience, Mo. <laughs> oh, just a relaxing Such a small this room. This is so funny. Here we have realistic gun recoil. Wow. Shotgun, you're going you're gonna to think of it differently. And a realistic flashbang in a dark room. Oh, that doesn't... <laughs> oh. That Actually, that's what happens funny. to people that are watching this show late at night when Will cuts to his camera. <laughs> it's like 70% of, that of his a, monitor. That is I'm a, like in heaven. It is a huge <laughs> yeah. uh, complaint that we get yeah. is that your background is too bright. Yeah. I thought it was cool to have the dichotomy of it, yeah. but as it turns out... People, Yours is black. Mine's like... Blackish gray. Yeah. Well, what's going to have to happen eventually is he's going to have to move eventually. He has to be more right there. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you go like maybe there. Okay. Or we flip the whole thing. But uh, this is and where. And then we have these type of chairs that we sit in. That's right. And then, and then, yeah. And then we have full immersion as well. But at least we can get rid of people's flashbangs if we move Will just a little bit that way. Uh, you can finally carry your robot dog around like a baby, which is, of course, a thing. I mean, you wouldn't want the robot dog to be left out. There was a robot dog in a Super Bowl commercial. The robot dog is just an interesting development for society because uh. it is lacking the fur of the real dog, but it's also lacking 
the poop and scoop of the real dog. Mm. So you got to weigh or that. Or a soul. <laughs> wow, well, well that escalated quickly. I was being, I was being a little bit more loose with it. No, I'm sorry. Ivo has a soul. And then uh, Willie Do came with the hard hitting soul talk. What about the soul, huh? Yeah, where's the soul? Obviously, at? Will has a very special relationship with Otis. He's like, why don't you show me your soul? <laughs> Otis is the Sarah wagging his tail. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Uh, Remember Sony the Ibo? Yeah, of course. Sony Sony is so cool, man. I, I I want one of these things. And I have a dog. I, I have a dog, all right? We don't need to talk soul. I got one of those. But these are just cool. This is cool, actually, from an engineering perspective to me because when I played with it and I had it, we had to send it back. The All the little motorized components and functions for it to move smoothly is so impressive. Right. Mm -hmm. And the uh, visual system that it had to have. I mean, it's a really sophisticated. It looks like a little toy. Right. It's not a toy. Uh, you, I, I don't even remember, Mo. You probably don't. You probably never even checked it out. No, I seen the video. Yeah. But but you weren't I, there. I wasn't there no. when we had it. Yeah, so it's three thousand bucks. So it's a little cost prohibitive for people. <laughs> Although the price of real dogs has gone through the roof with COVID, as people were lonely and whatnot. Right. Are uh, people asking to be able to hold it, like without holding it, like the harness? You want to get back to the harness. You want to get back on task. We were just doing. <laughs> just we were just doing a recap. I mean, yeah. I think people should go watch the videos. It's really an amazing moment right there. Uh, Learns how to play fetch and it's a, it's push cool. A Listen, I remember when I first saw around. the original Ibo Ibo One in a music video, some kind of futuristic music video. I was already hooked. I was like, ah, mm -hmm. cool, man. So. I don't know. I mean, I think the thing can kind of be in tandem with real dogs. I don't have to think it has to be one or the other. But anyway, mm -hmm. the baby carrier takes it to another level. Now you're carrying your robot dog. Uh, you're <laughs> spending seventeen thirty on the robot dog. So the price came down on that. Oh, never mind. Eight hundred on a three-year plan to unlock all of its capabilities. Never mind. Still almost three grand. It makes sense that you'd go out of your way to take care of it, but how far out of your way is too far? The new Ibo accessory from Japan's leading maker of baby carriers. Might have just crossed the line. Sony's robotic Ibo dog first debuted 23 years ago. That's the version I was talking about. Young mm. watching the music videos. Uh, so this is a third-party company that makes baby carriers. And, you know, maybe they're having a little joke, a little laugh. Maybe they're trying to get some uh, coverage in order to bring attention to their actual baby carriers. Because I don't know how many of these they can possibly sell. But how about that for a flex? How about that for Japanese uh, mm. street fashion? You show up with the Ibo carrier. To go with your, uh, yeah. What your, else would your, you have? Your uh, bathing ape gear or whatever. <laughs> oh else. yeah, <laughs> supreme something or other. Uh, it's eighty five bucks, by the way, for the carrier. If uh, this is a thing you want to do, I don't know. I feel like an inst you could get an Instagram post out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it reminds uh, me of that sure. uh, pillow um, for TikTok. The or, Japan, yeah. the other Japanese post, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, this is not a robot baby. This is an actual baby, but instead of being grown inside of a woman, it would be grown inside of an artificial womb. The idea of growing a baby in an artificial environment outside the human body has been considered in the realms of science fiction. However, I watched the video here on BBC. They say it's about 10 years away. And they show um, a couple of different a couple of different uh, species of animals, um, a mouse, they were able to pull it off already. And I'm talking like from the initial, from the earliest stage of fertilization all the way to growth. It's, a, it's apparently a very complicated thing to do. It's not as simple as it sounds. 
to uh, replicate or mimic the uh, human womb. Hmm. But you know how science is. And the thing what the thing you can you should click on go to BBC News and then click on the link in their bio. Uh, but the thing is that a lot of this technology first emerges because people are trying to save babies that are born incredibly prematurely. And so you can just click there. It'll bring you to the story. There's actually a crazy picture. How Matrix is that picture right there in the background? Did Whoa. you see that? Yeah. This picture right here. Like, look at that. Very Matrix. Whoa. Anyway, this is a seven-minute video that showcases the technology, talks about the origin for it. Like I said, if you have a very premature baby, they need to figure out essentially how to replicate the conditions of a womb and getting nutrients to the baby and so forth. And they've made incredible progression there. But then the natural progression beyond that is to say, what if we could do it the whole way? And then the social question emerges of what are the implications of such things? If all of a sudden you got babies on demand, you just go pick up your baby at the end of it. No one's ever pregnant. No woman is ever pregnant again. It seems like a crazy idea, like an antiquated thing that a person should be pregnant. Delivered by Amazon? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Next oh. next day delivery. No, I would assume, like, well, imagine, let's go even further. What You get to pick between a handful. You get the premium service, mm. like we did with our design contest. Mm. And there's like seven. And you're like, I'll take that one. I'll take option C. Or, and I know it sounds crazy, and it does sound science fiction. A lot of it depends on how, how far you're willing to zoom out, how far into the future you're willing to look. But they're saying this technology could be available in 10 years. And it's kind of a lot like cloning or any emerging scientific technology where mm. uh, we know that there will be ethical Im implications. We're not sure exactly what they will, will be or the consequences, but we're humans. So we make things and then <laughs> we figure it out later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or we cross our fingers to a certain extent. But certainly that could totally shift the course of humanity if that becomes the uh standard for sure but that's far in the future it's very expensive right now it wouldn't make sense on a global scale mm -hmm. for a long time a uh, lost dog spends 17 days fighting off coyotes to survive the frigid wilderness let's go Whoa. let's go now i have a personal coyote uh, story i had a coyote in my yard the other day I told you this? Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and he was injured, and he was just staring at me like I was supposed to do something. I was like, man, this guy's back leg. He's not putting any weight on it. And I encounter them all the time, so like, I'm, it's not a really surprising thing. But this one just refused to leave, and it wasn't like anyone was feeding it or anything like that, and it was limping. And so I called the animal control, and they came, and as soon as they showed up and tried to get near it, it ran away on three legs. Came back later. And did the same thing over again until eventually, like, whatever, it, it was gone. And we wondered what might have happened to it. By the way, I had a thought in the shower this morning. What if it was faking it? Just to... Because I've seen dogs fake injuries yeah. before. Well, they play with some dogs to lure them into the forest and then... That just crossed my mind this morning. I don't believe that to be the case because of this guy was biting the back leg. And right. it looked real to me. But it crossed my mind, wow. Yeah, they're smart. Coyotes are smart. So anyway, but uh, look at this. This dog was able to fend them off. Judy and Walter Preston have had a hard time resisting rescue dogs over the years. They've adopted 10 different dogs. They met Maggie. They fell in love. 
On her second day with the Preston, she made a, a shocking escape. Community members came together to help the rescue dog return home safely. So how big is this dog, Will? Keep scrolling. Oh, okay. So it's a decent-sized dog out there in the wilderness. So cute. Yeah, a mid-sized dog. A mid-sized dog. Well, I was thinking if you're going to go 17 pounds. days. It yeah. looks actually thin there, though. It does. It, yeah. it probably... A little sad looking. You got to get the food going right away. Mm -hmm. You got to get the treats going. A couple treats after 17 days. Yeah. On the road. I'm happy for these people. Now, though. I wonder how they know that it was fighting off coyotes. Let's see. The day after Maggie's adoption, the couple brought her home. The suspect... They suspect that the pup somehow squeezed out of the crate and opened the lever handle door, but they're not sure. She immediately began reaching out to neighbors, putting up lost dog flyers. Yeah, that is the, the dog is skinny at this moment. Lost dog. Oh, it was skinny before it was lost. I guess it's a rescue dog. Right. Um, the lost dog flyers reminded people to not chase or follow Maggie since she was in flight mode. That's interesting. Whenever I see those flyers, do not chase, do not call the dog, do not yell at the dog. Have you seen this? No, I've never seen this. Well, like some dogs are uh, not responsive. Right. And they get in a panic state mm -hmm. when they're lost, they don't know where they are. Oh, you mean don't call the dog? Yes. Oh, okay, right. Because I was like, this is so counterintuitive. Yeah, don't chase yeah. them. Don't. It'll make it worse. Right. It's a tough situation. Anyway, here we go. The cameras spotted the dog. Okay. So they set up live traps, feeding stations, and cameras. Wow. What an, what an effort to get Whoa. a lost dog. The cameras spotted the dog several times, including a time when she fought off coyotes. Damn. Let's oh go. Oh, my God. And the weather. I didn't even Maggie. think about that. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought when I saw the injured coyote. Immediately, right. it was one of those really cold nights. And I was like, hmm. She's a fighter. Oh. Gonna be touch and go on that one. Anyway, yeah, seventeen days alone, alone in the wilderness. Dog pulled it off, so they must be so happy. It's a good news story for for you guys. <laughs> yeah, Coachella plans to return with no masks, no vaccines. Party! <laughs> 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 oh man, I, you know you try to think about it in terms of being a concert organizer and how, or never mind, a concert, a festival organizer. And how much of a uh, relief it would be to watch mm. the world slowly easing. Because you're like, mm, we, we about to have a Coachella right here. <laughs> and or, people want a party. Oh, yeah. the people they want. They, yeah, uh, they, they wanna, need. They want to smell other humans <laughs> yeah. in a giant pile. Uh, I mean, I don't. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you what. I'm nowhere near going to this thing. But some people do. Mo mostly the youth need to get out. Yeah, And this is news to the youth. When the Coachella Outdoor Music Festival returns for the first time in two years this April, performers will be greeted by a sea of unmasked and potentially unvaccinated fans uh, as the struggling concert industry stirs back to life. Organizers said on Tuesday that attendees would not be required to wear masks or be vaccinated or tested for the coronavirus at the Coachella Valley Music Festival and Arts Festival, which drew up to 125,000 fans to Southern California and was one of the biggest music festivals of the pre-pandemic era. They're talking about it like it was decades ago. Like they need <laughs> to remind us about what it is. It was an, an it was a giant, an important event. It was a massive, it was a massive. I like how you became British. Music <laughs> festival from the early 2000s, decades ago, when 125,000 Americans would flock to 
Are you Russell Brent? I don't know who I am. Okay. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. All I know is that Coachella is back, baby, and Will Do's on the first flight out of here. And I'm like, Will, it's not <laughs> happening yet, and he's gone. Because you're a big Coachella as well. I went once, yes. That's a big Coachella as far as I'm concerned. It's bigger than I am. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. Mo, is that a big Coachella That's to you? huge. Well, really let me tell do. you, Will, no, no documentation, no mask for you. You're free-flowing out there, and you're smelling all the other humans. Good yeah. for you. Baby Shark is getting a feature-length movie in 2023. Do, 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 do. That's not how you say that. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Baby Shark, do, 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 do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, let's not. We don't have to have me, my rendition of this thing. This thing blows my mind as far as why this. Like, why was it that specifically that that was so, uh, the transmission of that signal was so effective specifically, or was it timing or what? But, you know, the YouTube kids or how can we, anyway, it is absolutely a mega hit. To say it's a mega hit is an understatement. 10 billion views on YouTube. The viral mega hit Baby Shark is the most popular video in YouTube's history. It'll become a feature-length movie for the Paramount Plus streaming service in 2023. The movie first reported by Deadline was announced Tuesday by Brian Robbins, the chief content officer. Yeah, because there's other sharks in the thing. You got Baby Shark. There's Grandpa Shark. There's Mother Shark. There's there's all these sharks. So I guess it's going to be loosely connected to the song, but I I would assume these sharks are going to have personalities or uh, you know whatever they're just banking on the ip there Mm -hmm. listen dude if you start to look at the kids stuff i'm amazed at the at the uh business models and how social media is driving trends that go beyond social media like the things that kids are exposed to like i think i have a baby shark plate in my house oh yeah where did this plate come from (laughs) who who put this plate there i didn't buy this plate (laughs) I'm pretty sure it, it came out of an iPad somewhere. Mm. It was printed, 3D yeah. printed out of an iPad. Mm. Someone clicked a button, and then now I have a baby shark plate. So the merch is just, oh, it's not even God. merch. It's just entire product lines, and I guess it wasn't all that different for us. You ever heard of Ninja Turtles, Will? Yeah, big yeah, fan. I thought so, man. I actually recently got my daughter into it. She like, put on those engine turtles. <laughs> so cute. Like, put on the engine turtles. <laughs> Uh, rare baby ghost shark, double shark story, double daily, double dog daria. Spotted ghost. off the coast of New Zealand. I think uh, this is another. Whoa. Oh, man. That's. Have you if I saw a... that, I would not say shark. Yeah. But, you know, the the uh, the fins on the side almost look like leaves. Uh, it's very strange looking. It's known as a chimera. It like a feather. The deep ocean fish is hardly ever seen by humans, and babies are even more elusive. Marine biologists working near New Zealand's South Island have stumbled upon a newly hatched baby ghost shark, an elusive and peculiar fish that lives in the dark, deep ocean. Man, down there, you got no idea, Mo. Let me tell you something. 3,940 feet. That's 1,200 meters. You got no idea, Mo. Oh, is that an adult version? Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that's cool looking. Yeah. A Look how ghost shark. Yeah, well, listen, there's no light down there. Exactly. There's a lot of translucent, uh, transparent, different... Being translucent would work in your benefit. You're more invisible. Yeah, you see right through. Yeah. Try to... You can't, you can't, you can't catch see me. me. You can't, yeah. <laughs> John Cena. And these are the egg capsules. 
Those look delicious. Whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about a delicacy. Yeah. Uh, this one I had to double take, but it was one of my favorites of the day, actually. It comes via mildly interesting. My dad found apples in tomato boxes labeled as blueberries. What? Go ahead, Mo. This is such a dad post. Look, <laughs> his pose. Yeah. His pose look, is how, so look, look at the dad outfit, first of all. Okay. This dad is dadding out of control. He's dadding at a hundred. Yes. Because he's got the Patagonia jacket, right? Those are some yep. uh, uh nano puff. Yeah, he's got what 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 is that? A khaki sort of a khaki sure. pant. Yeah. With, with a matching with, color shoes. Yeah, with like a wide <laughs> ankle on it, so it's easy to get in and out of as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the shoe is maximum comfort, and it can do anything and go anywhere. Plus, it looks like a slip-on, sort of. Yeah. Uh, and so the dad's walking through the supermarket, and he notices these the blueberries are on sale, except they're not blueberries. They're boxes of tomatoes. Except they're not tomatoes, even though it says tomatoes on the boxes. They're apples in tomato <laughs> boxes labeled as blueberries for three eighty eight. And what does a dad do at that point? He... he uh, he hands his phone to his wife, and says, which is your mother, yeah. <laughs> and says, you got to get a photo for our son or daughter, at which point this photo emerges, and then it's sent via text, oh, and I love you're, le this. you're left to enjoy <laughs> That's so funny. The, full, very wholesome. the full dad package, yep. if you can handle it. Well, good on him. There you yeah. have it. It's another episode. It's another stream. This is... The Lou Later Show. I want to thank absolutely everybody that's joined us here today that's been a part of this thing. Shout it's out truly that. appreciated. And we're on a roll now, man. I don't even know what can get in our way. This is like a, oh, a, slowing a, us a down. boulder that's been gathering steam as we roll down this hill. And we're and and it the, the, we keep adding. Never mind a boulder, it's a snowball. You ever heard of the snowball effect? Yeah. We're the cartoon, and the snowball started really small, but it's starting to get big because of the people who keep joining us over here. Becomes a part of the day for all of us. We do the whole internet all at once. Everything you need to know. There's nothing else you need to know. Yeah. We do the healthiest balance. We're like the food pyramid oh, it's a of wrap. internet content. Mm. It's everything you need and more. Yes. And it's every day. We'll see you tomorrow. Let's go.